Hello everybody, Tanner Green here, one half of the Chart Chat team. Once again, in advance of us making our return to weekly episodes next year, I'm bringing you the second in a four-part series of my favorite albums of 2019. I listened to every single album and EP that debuted on the Billboard 200 this year, and I'm bringing you the cream of the crop. In this second episode, I'm drawing from every album that debuted on the Billboard 200 between the months of April, May, and June. So the second quarter of 2019, and if you want to listen to the first episode of the series, you can go back and do that. That covers the first three months of 2019, six albums hitting the Billboard 200 between January and March that are all great. But we've got a lot to get through today, so let's go ahead and dive right in with this first album where a producer makes his second appearance on the Billboard 200 with a mixtape that spent one week at number 185. The song was called Mud, and that comes to us from Flume's latest mixtape called Hi, This is Flume. But don't be fooled by its friendly title, this mixtape is grotesque. Drawing inspiration from Scottish producer Sophie, Flume packs his beats full of cacophonous timbres that suggest tactile sensations like hard metals and jagged plastics. Sophie even appears on a few tracks, but while her music often finds solace in noisy textures, Flume seems more pessimistic. His beats feel as if they might dissolve into chaos at any moment given how frequently Flume interrupts a given rhythm. Yet though he sometimes removes a component as essential as the kick drum, Flume never completely loses the rhythmic thread. He always finds a way to circle back to the underlying pulse of a track, forcing the listener to reckon with the abrasive sounds stretched and smeared all over. Up next, Billboard's number one best-selling album of 2019, period. That was, of course, Billie Eilish and her song I Love You from her debut album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? My expectations for this album were already lofty, given Eilish's immaculate run of singles over the previous years. And yet somehow Eilish managed to surprise even me with how excellent her debut album is. When We All Fall Asleep is proof that pop in 2019 doesn't have to be hyper-compressed. It can be layered with sonic details murmuring in the background and ample moments of silence. Eilish meets this dynamic range with an equal degree of sensitivity, sometimes distorting her voice into an alien buzz, and sometimes trailing off into the faintest sigh. It's no surprise, then, that her ballads are some of her best work. Songs like When the Party's Over and I Love You extract the most potent sadness from the smallest sounds, and when the latter reaches its crescendo, it's all the more bittersweet for the surrounding quiet. Moving on to the next album, we've got an Alabama rapper making his third appearance in the top 40 of the album's chart since 2011. This time debuting at number 28 in mid-April. Money piling up, I ain't 
I settled up a $20 tab. I left for being drunk and walking up the back without a rider. Even being smart enough to get an Uber, go to Hooters, take a double shooter. Stumble out of Hooters, hit the alleyway and paddle my way over to the studio. I'm traveling, I'm moving. Head rattling, I'm in touch with the newer guard on another level. Get you better grab a ruler, quarterback of anything slow, man. I'm throwing bullets, could have been a stylist. You admire this bullet, wanna get you vibing, take a violin. Bullet walk a country mile and take a ride in my units. For the 808s up on the bench of the Chevy, for the Betty's getting ready, throwing confetti, hitting the powder heavy arm. Catfish teeth getting hit. That was TM3, the lead track off of Yellow Wolf's album Trunk Music 3. Besides his unimpeachable technique and boisterous energy, Yellow Wolf displays an uncommonly good ear for beats here. In tandem with longtime collaborators like DJ Paul, Will Power, and Jim Johnson, Yellow Wolf emphasizes these really powerful sub-bass lines that aren't simply tied to the kick drum like you see in a lot of current hip-hop beats. Plus, there's an unusual degree of harmonic motion, Rather than let a beat loop the entire track, Yellow Wolf and his producers will occasionally throw in a new chord or an altered bass line to keep things fresh. And as if that wasn't enough, Yellow Wolf also proves he's quite capable with melodic hooks, mixing in the occasional rock and country gestures that he's explored in more depth on other releases. Next album on the list here, we've got a multi-instrumentalist who's making his third appearance on the Billboard 200 and his first in the top 10, debuting up at number four, the chart week of April 27th. That track's called Come Home. It's the first song on Anderson Pock's latest album, Ventura. And for all of Pock's considerable talents on the microphone, sort of wooing women and threading the needle between seduction and bravado, it's his skill as a band leader that really carries Ventura. Behind the drum kit, he demonstrates an uncanny ability to place exactly the right snare or tom at the right time. As we heard in Come Home, he lets the arrangement slacken for a bit with a tom roll, and then kicks right back into gear with a couple snare thwacks. That control of musical tension doesn't come easy, but Pac makes it sound effortless, even when legends like Andre 3000 and Smokey Robinson drop by the studio. Moving to the next album, we've got a recording of the decade's most outstanding live performance, bar none. That was Beyonce performing Don't Hurt Yourself off of Homecoming, the live album. What can I say about Beyonce's 2018 Coachella performances that others haven't already said? Homecoming is a loving exploration of black music history, a rousing call for racial and gender equality, and an overwhelming demonstration of Beyonce's artistic brilliance. She sings and raps with the force of a tidal wave, capitalizing on the immense power of an HBCU marching band. That band breathes new life into familiar melodies and gives Beyonce a platform to seamlessly weave from one song to another and back again. A show of musical prowess that demands Beyonce's spot at the center of American music history. And now on more sobering fronts, the final album from a rock band whose singer tragically died at the start of last year. 
That was Lost, a song off of the Cranberries' final album, In the End. It's difficult to disconnect any posthumous album from knowledge of that artist's death. So when I describe In the End as a heart-wrenching listen, my description is undoubtedly colored by the accidental death of the Cranberries singer Dolores O'Riordan. But I strongly believe that even apart from O'Riordan's death, this album would be an emotionally intense listen. On almost every song, O'Riordan grapples with some sort of loss. The fleeting nature of love, a person's inability to relive the past, the realization that our desires are, in fact, hollow. True to her reputation, O'Riordan's singing is as beautiful as ever, flush with the melancholy only made more intense by her passing. And her bandmates and longtime producer Stefan Street support O'Riordan with care, from jingling guitars to a surprisingly flexible rhythm section. But, fittingly, the last word is O'Riordan's, ending the album's title track with a wry resignation. Ain't it strange when everything you wanted was nothing that you wanted in the end. Moving on to another rock band, this one breaking onto the Billboard 200 for the first time with the first of two albums that they released in 2019. That was Big Thief, with their song Contact off of their album UFOF. So if you take a guitar, play a note, and then play the same note on the next string on the guitar, go back and forth between those two identical notes, and pretty quickly you'll recognize that those two sounds aren't quite the same. Repeated enough times, it becomes eerie to hear the end of one note bleeding into the start of the next, almost as if the resulting drone is sort of hypnotizing you, or at least me. UFOF is built on guitars that make ample use of this and similar sensations, like the shudder of two dissonant notes put through a fuzz pedal. Add Adrian Lenker's ghostly voice and brushed drum patterns that regularly spill over the bar line, and you have an album far thornier than its placid surface suggests. Yet no matter how sharp the thorns are, they never detract from the underlying pulse that winds its crooked way forward. Now to spike the tempo, a breakout rapper's first of two appearances this year on the Billboard 200 even though this EP technically came out in June of 2018. Hey, all the hot girls make 
pop. Just get mad with the bag, say ay, ay, ay. If he ain't talking about no money, tell him bye, bye, bye. And if you see him, the song is called Hot Girl, and it's from Megan Thee Stallion's EP titled Tina Snow. Out of all the rappers that enter into the mainstream in 2019, Megan is undoubtedly the most technically skilled. She tears into syllables with an almost visceral force, and yet as her breakout hit Big Ol' Freak shows, she's perfectly capable of switching flows at a moment's notice. This explosiveness makes her a revelation on club tracks, where she boasts of her intelligence, confidence, and sex appeal. And just as impressive, she maintains her virtuosity when a song calls for a mellower tone. So even when she's playing demure, she never truly lets you forget who's calling the shots. From one EP to another, let's check in on a star who's using the format to gradually build her seventh studio album, which is hopefully due next year. That's Miley Cyrus and her song Unholy from her latest EP called She Is Coming. And first off, ditch the song Catitude from this EP. Cyrus's rapping is clumsy and lacks precision, and RuPaul's inclusion feels like an attempt at pandering to gay audiences. After jettisoning that misstep, you're left with five tracks that show Cyrus at her best. The indignant sneer of mother's daughter, the dismissive eye roll of Unholy. At first, those qualities seem undercut by the production which places Cyrus's power at a murky remove. After a couple more listens, though, that distance re-emerges as an extra source of tension, making Cyrus's cockiness seem even more hard-fought. And by the time she ends the EP on a vulnerable note, her hint of a twang is absolutely sublime. Coming up next, we've got a rapper's debut appearance on the Billboard 200 the week of June 15th, coming on the heels of a string of EPs that date all the way back to 2016. That was Young Gravy and his song Gravy Train from the aptly named album Sensational. Comedy rap that draws from mid-century kitsch and 1970s soul music. On paper, this album sounds like a complete disaster. And yet, not only does Young Gravy make comedy rap that is actually funny, he and producer Jason Rich treat his source material as more than a mere gimmick. Gravy raps with a winning combination of confidence and self-awareness, relishing both the grooves beneath him and the absurdity of calling himself the young Barbara Streisand. Jason Rich consistently finds the perfect way to accentuate the rhythms of a given sample. Richard Simmons samples a famous piece of music from The Sims, while Gravy Train flips Maxine Nightingale's 1975 classic right back where we started from to dazzling effect. It works as hip-hop, it works as a daffy bit of humor, it's all gravy, or daddy aioli after midnight. Leaving the comedy, but keeping the hip-hop. Up next is an EP from one of the decade's most influential musicians, debuting at number 5 the week of June 22nd. Baby, 
That is, of course, Future. The song's called Shotgun, and it is coming from Future's EP called Save Me. And apparently this EP came and went for most people, which I don't understand because I've been glued to these songs ever since the summer. Future spends most of Save Me in varying degrees of despair, mourning his Xanax addiction, buying women gifts in a bid for emotional intimacy, fearing past romantic betrayals have left him incapable of trusting others. It's familiar thematic territory for Future, which perhaps accounts for this EP's muted reception, but Future renders these emotions in such vivid detail that it almost becomes painful. On Please Tell Me, his exhalations between lines become increasingly desperate, as if he might break down in tears upon one more rejection. And even the otherwise boastful government official ends with his smeared voice admitting that codeine and ecstasy make him emotional around women. All this misery makes Shotgun, the track we heard, even more powerful, since it's the one track that sees Future rejoice in another person's company. Even this joy has an asterisk, though, since it samples Promise, a 2006 hit by Future's ex-fiancée, Sierra. The purported reason for their split? Future's infidelity. And closing up the list in similarly somber fashion, here's a Chicago rapper's debut album that charted one spot below Future at number six that same week in June. Another cold case, look what they did to Kanika. Hit them screams after that chopper sing like Aretha. Homicide puddles, I got blood stains on my sneakers. Out here playing life or death, trying to run from the Reaper. Bitch been fucked up at the crib, lashing out on the teacher. Grandma taking me to church, I fell asleep on that preacher. Chains clothes hit the block, hard hitting and eager. We just trying to stay afloat, but this shit getting deeper. I'm just trying to talk to you and tell my life through these speakers. Yeah, I conquered them struggles, I just had to stay focused. Told myself that I'm the greatest, I won't wait till they know. That was Polo G with the song A King's Nightmare off of his debut album Die a Legend. Polo G starts and ends this album as if he'll run out of breath at any second. He spends most of Die a Legend that way. Polo inhales with as much force as he raps, forcibly grabbing each breath to tame the words bursting from his chest. His urgency is understandable, given the gravity of a subject matter which ranges from familial bonds to Chicago police violence to betrayals of trust to emotional numbness. And amid this gravity, Polo displays an impressive variety of melodies and rhythms, instantly placing himself alongside the likes of A Boogie With A Hoodie as one of the more daring rappers of his generation. And that's it. 12 albums that I think are great and anyone listening to this should go check out. And that's all I got. Stay tuned next week for another installment of this series that has a similarly high number of albums to cover. And before we make our grand return to weekly episodes next year, feel free to check out our backlog of episodes and clips on YouTube or your podcasting platform of choice. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week.